Welcome once again to Cinemaholics, the major motion podcast, where we talk about the biggest and best films coming to theaters and streaming online. From the San Francisco Bay Area, I'm John Negroni, film editor for InBetweenDrafts.com. And from Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, sorry, not Philly, he's a news and entertainment writer at Collider.com. It's Will Ashton. I mean, to be fair, uh, this movie, I know, makes a point of saying it takes place in Philly, but was it actually filmed in Philly this time? Isn't there a cheesesteak uh, part uh, in the movie? That, I don't know. Just like like that first movie, I don't know if it was filmed in Philly either, but at least felt like crucial scenes were in Philly, you know. It, it took more care to actually establish that location. And I feel like mm-hmm. this one, it's just anywhere USA, though they keep saying it's Philadelphia. But you're in the stadium, right? And, you know, are you sure. mad that they didn't show Gritty? I mean, that would have been nice. I mean, do you think that was uh, planned at any point? Like, do you think anyone... Yeah, like- cameo he shows up in abbott elementary why not this one uh, okay. this movie uh but we, we've been dancing around it well what, what's the movie that we're talking about this week so we're talking about a movie that has been talked about endlessly everyone's going out to see it everyone's talking about it everyone just can't get enough yeah it is shazam uh, <laughs> explanation Will, point what whoa are you okay what Whoa, you oh, look totally no. different. Now I have the power of NBC Thursday comedy night. <laughs> <laughs> so that means you're actually going to tell some um, really lame liberal jokes I during so. the Obama era? Was Chuck on Thursday's lineup? Uh, a good qu- question. This is the Thursday lineup. Thursday was like Office, Parks and Rec, Community, and... I don't know. I thought... I don't... I thought, with Chuck, I didn't watch while... I didn't. I, I watched illegally because uh, oh. it was before streaming services, and I didn't have. Uh, I was in college, so mm. you know. I was a bad person. Oh boy, I'm uh, doing anymore. I've given the Peacock app so much of my money over the years. Now they can forgive me. Well, now it's on HBO Max. Apparently, it is it now. Chuck or the show Chuck? I could rewatch that show one day. It's tough though. I I have some beef with Zachary Levi. You and I haven't been getting along lately. We're like, you know, it's like I'm the rock and, and <laughs> yeah. we don't have to talk about that oh, Black it, Adam drama. It aired on Monday nights. See, I knew it was something. Okay. Anyway. I will say I did start watching the show in like the, the second to last season and the final season. I did watch it while I was airing, mm. but that was because I was so hooked. Oh boy. I think I watched exactly one episode of Chuck and it was the 3D one. But I don't think I had the oh, 3D yeah. glasses, so it was very confusing for me. But um, doesn't hold a candle to when the Rugrats did Smell-O-Vision. Now that was no, I mean that's, an experiment. Yeah, I mean they should bring that back. That was, was just that, art. Was that Burger King that sponsored that? I don't remember who sponsored it. I just remember like you couldn't getting get the scratches, the, and then I thought you had to get the scratch cards at a different location. Like it wasn't they weren't giving them maybe. at the theater. I thought you had to like go to Burger King to. Get I wouldn't them. be surprised too if it was just like, well, if you have Nickelodeon magazine, then you know, cut the middleman out. Because I think I saw Rugrats go wild at the uh, Dollar Theater back when those were a thing. And I feel like mm-hmm. I had to like hold on to my scratch and sift card because it took me a while to see it. But I got them at like Burger King. And Are I was... there no discount dollar theaters anymore? Not in my area. I mean, I'm sure there's some around somewhere. I would. I wish there was. And there's none around here either. Yeah. The, the one that I that was the one I worked at when I was in high school and college, and oh boy, it, it did shut down. But yeah, I don't. Hmm. I suddenly got a little a whiff of sadness. Mm. Thanks. Yeah. Anyway, um, yeah, I'm Shazam now. Whoa. <laughs> Are you okay, Will? Oh, that looks like that like it hurts. But right. uh yeah. you may want to cast a spell on yourself so this doesn't keep happening the entire sure. podcast. That'd be nice. So it's um is there a colon in the title or is it just you know what? 
exclamation it's Shazam point. exclamation point like in the last movie yeah but then there is a caption after the exclamation point very important yeah so it's shazam fury of the gods oh wow look at that john negroni is now it doesn't work on me well because i don't have the powers yeah i I didn't watch the nbc lineup so Mm. well yeah sorry i didn't i didn't yes and you but Mm. it needed to be done um you could tell how enthused we are to talk about this movie and to recount everything that happened which is just it's very present the big story right everyone's like shazam who cares fury of the gods more like fury of my you know me in my seat watching this movie Uh, a lot of people are saying sure you know but people are saying the movie has its fans i mean that's a weird thing right is that like that first movie was pretty popular like it was it was popular it did well Uh, it was a box office hit i gave it a very positive review i really liked that first movie i thought it was nice uh last movie made 366 million dollars yeah, but it had like a it's modest looking, budget for that one. Like it wasn't it wasn't as pricey as some of the other DC titles, and so that kind of added to its success as well. I think it, it was around a hundred million dollars, and the sequel, to its credit, it, only a little bit more than that, hundred and ten to hundred and twenty five million. So you know, a little bit more expensive, but reasonably so. Um, but this movie, by contrast, has so far made you know like thirty six dollars, uh, unfortunately. Um, but no, it's made sixty eight million, and the reviews have been. Very, very mixed. Uh, and, you know, we'll, we'll talk, of course, we'll do the Rotten Tomatoes game. I don't want to give the game away. But, uh, okay, we, we should get into it. And I, I'm going to say right now, well, I, this this might not be the uh, just a hate fest on Shazam! Fury of the Gods. I think you might be expecting that. I, might, I think you might be like, man, John hated I mean, this movie. I didn't even offer what my opinion is on the film yet. I mean, I don't know. You, you kind of come, you're kind of coming into it and you're just like, I'm oh, we don't even, even want to talk about the movie. I mean, I'm just coming into it as a general perception. Like, I just feel like even though it's this big, huge DC blockbuster, it just seems like there's no, enth- like there wasn't a lot of buzz. There wasn't a lot of buildup. It's not doing great at the box office, to say the least. It's just like, even when the stars of the movie and the director kind of just like shrugging their shoulders and being like, it's the job. And I got paid. And it just has like this weird energy going into it. And Zachary Levi is just like, here are my thoughts about vaccines. And it's just a very bizarre, just, uh, you know, build up. And that's not even talking about all the DC controversy and like, well, the fact I, think, that, I think they're yeah. directly related. I mean, I think we have to address that straight off the fact that James Gunn has kind of come in uh, with totally new direct, like creative talent for DC. And they're just rebooting the whole thing. I mean, he's going to be, James Gunn's going to be doing the, the Superman legacy movie or whatever that is. And they're just totally changing course. They're changing the entire trajectory of this, the DC franchise universe and movies and Shazam is just one of the latest movies that's kind of caught in the middle of that. I mean, black Adam happened, black Adam made some money. I mean, it wasn't like a, I think it made like a decent amount of money in fact. And at the same time, it wasn't coming out at like this moment where everyone's like, well, this is it. Like this is the end of like the DC EU, you know, whereas like Shazam kind of feels like it's in this limbo. And even the people involved are like, yeah, we made this movie. It's coming out a little bit later than we wanted. And we don't know if it could get a sequel. And we don't know if people are going to care because I mean, I'll, <clears throat> I'll say this. I mean, I think most people don't even know or realize what's going on with DC. Like, audiences they're just like okay they'll they'll go see it but i mean critics are aware obviously and so like that's where a lot of the reviews are coming that's where a lot of like the lack of interest in hollywood and a lot of the people who do these write-ups are just sort of like what's the deal with this uh and uh maybe 
David F. Sandberg himself, the director of this movie and the last one, is just kind of, uh, he seems pretty dispirited, and I don't blame him. Yeah, but I mean, was that part of the appeal of the first movie in the sense that, like, here's this kind of plucky movie that's, like, character who isn't really related to the Justice League and all this stuff. He's kind of just doing his own thing. He's just a kid who got the magic powers that come from an ancient wizard and like he doesn't really have control over them and he's just like you know kind of living out of fantasy and so i thought that was part of the appeal was that it it didn't really have like any connections to the other dc films it was also just doing its own it did have connections i mean they literally have like a half henry cavill cameo Uh, this movie has a similar kind of cameo we won't give away they showed a lot of like those characters, like in newspapers and toys and sure. everything. But it was more the, sort of like, oh, this is the Philadelphia guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the Batman boomerang kind of becomes a MacGuffin of sorts in that film and stuff like that. Like, I just mean, like, it, it has kind of more of like a wondrous look at the, like, it's like having kind of a meta angle where it's like these, like, what if someone who loves superheroes became a superhero or, sure. yeah, someone adjacent to superheroes had those powers? Heard- that, yeah. That first movie came out in 2019, and you could say, too, that it, it fits a little bit more closely with like a James Gunn kind of comic book movie than a lot of the other DC movies, I would say. Because it you know has more jokes and everything. It definitely has more pop cultural references than I think you would see in a Gunn movie, but I, I don't know. I think that if you watch this next to like The Suicide Squad the and Peacemaker, they are not far off at all in terms of like tone and delivery and everything like that. Well... I mean, so I kind of had a little bit of hope of like, oh, maybe, you know, this could Shazam could just stay like fitted into this uh, new world that they're doing. I mean, that was also part of it as well, as I think that Shazam, more than any other DC film, was trying to kind of copy Marvel's homework. Like they were kind of like, well, initially, we we're trying to try to do our own thing. And that's kind of been like very hit and miss, to say the least. So what if we just tried to make a Marvel movie in the DC world? And people really responded to that because, you know, in 2019, that's like Avengers Endgame. People are loving Marvel and stuff. And now it's like we're in this weird kind of like, even though 2019 wasn't that long ago, it feels like, you know, a whole lifetime ago where anticipation and expectations for superhero movies were different then. Now it's like you mentioned Black Adam. There was also Ant-Man the Wasp, Mania recently. They're not bombing, but, you know, the reviews haven't been great for those. And it just seems like audience they're not really showing up like they once did. Like they're not bombing, like I said, but they're like underperforming and yeah, there's not nearly the amount of hype that I think these studios want. And I mean, when I think of Shazam, I mean, did that movie have much of an impact? You know, I mean, it did, it made money, but it was, you know, it it was one of those things where people were clamoring for a sequel. I think people were just sort of indifferent to the franchise continuing. I mean, I think, superhero movies aren't going to die overnight. Like I think guardians going to do really well. Um, I think the new spider verse movie is probably going to do well. I think there's this anticipation for those films. Um, but like something like the Marvels, I don't know how that's going to do. And it just seems like Shazam's in this kind of weird territory where like, you know, Captain Marvel made a billion dollars short, but it just seems like, you know, that was a different time. And now we're coming into this genre that's a little bit you know uh it's waned a bit in in appreciation anticipation i just don't know i don't know i mean like you said yeah shazam is such a kind of self-contained film that you don't need a sequel it's only because people would want a sequel and i think that kind of leads to some interesting uh problems that this movie has but i don't want to jump ahead yeah if anything it just seems like audiences are getting choosier 
about what superheroes they do want to see on the big screen. And if they do go to the big screen to watch something that is a little bit more unproven or has only been done a little bit, maybe they just want the word of mouth to be better. I don't know. But in this case, the word of mouth hasn't been great. Um, but we'll we'll talk, of course, about the reaction of the movie later. For now, let's talk about the movie. So Shazam! Fury of Gods, uh, as we already mentioned, directed by David F. Sandberg, did the last film. Uh, big horror director, so as usual, he's kind of coming in and adding some uh, more, like, why is this in this movie kind of horror you know, uh, moments, which I appreciate. Uh, the movie is written by Henry Gayton and Chris Morgan. Zachary Levi is back as Shazam, and uh, really, he is Billy Batson, who is a, at this point, 17 years old kid, so almost an adult, which is kind of strange, played by Asher Angel, and when he says the word Shazam, as we mentioned, he gets the powers, like uh, various you know, Greek god powers, so like the wisdom of Solomon, and then the, uh, what is it, the strength of Hercules, the um, something of Atlas, I forget all that stuff, but um, no, he, when he says Shazam, the 17-year-old turns into Zachary Levi in this like muscle suit, and he has powers, but he's an adult in a kid's body. Again, it's weird, because He's already kind of almost pretty much an adult at 18, but I, I don't really... Uh, when does he start looking like Zachary Levi? <laughs> right. we were just talking about Chuck. He's I mean, like in his mid-20s in that show, and he looks yeah. very different from Asher Angel. Right. I mean, it seems like they try to work around that a little bit, yeah, but now the actor is, I think, 20. He's playing a near 18-year-old uh, Asher Angel, I believe is the actor's name. It seems like yeah. their way of working around that is... Having more don't show him right. I was gonna say they don't show him as much, <laughs> and they they do more with uh, Zachary Levi, which I think is to the movie's detriment more to its benefit. I actually agree with that because what one of the issues is that it just seems like Asher Angel and Zachary Levi don't know each other because like th- yeah. those performances are not in sync, and they weren't whatsoever. really. I, I feel like they weren't really as in sync in the first movie, but it was less of an issue for some reason. I think so because I just think that Angel was being he was he was being more of a kid in that movie and so you could kind of see the connection between his goofiness and the Shazam goofiness. In this movie every time we see Asher Angel he's serious, he's downtrodden and I don't know, I guess the movie could explain that a little bit of like oh when he when he goes into adult he feels a little bit more himself. He feels more unleashed, he can be a little bit more fun and loose. Sure. But you kind of have to really stretch for that to make it make sense because the movie doesn't help you um, get to that place. Whereas like yeah. when you look at Jack Dylan Grazer, who comes back as Freddie, probably the best character in these, mm-hmm. he like when he turns into like the Adam Brody, Captain Every Power guy, it really feels like those two it's- actors are like talking to each other, sharing notes. Yeah, no, absolutely. And it makes me kind of bummed that Adam Brody is in this more. And I think the same is true for um, Megan Good. I don't know the young actress that she's playing the like superhero version of, but they're a lot more in sync uh, as well. Um, and I feel like they're able to work around that more uh, uh, gracefully than, than Zachary Levi. And I think also as part of it was, I think Zachary Levi in the first movie is more kind of genuinely charming and charismatic. And this one feels a little bit more forced and put upon from him. Like, it just seems like he's really trying to dial it up too much. And I think that's to the movie's detriment. Like, it it, it just seems too, like, uh, it's not obnoxious per se, but just feels a little more overdone. 
basic setup is that it's been two years after the defeat of Savannah. And I, I really got to say, there was a lot of that happened in the last movie that I forgot. And uh, I wish I wish uh, I had watched some kind of recap video or something before watching this movie. I rewatched uh, the first one, so I was able okay. to be a little bit more aware. Okay. I, I should have done that with John Wick Chapter 3 as well. Because like when going into Chapter 4, I was kind of lost i was like wait what did what did he uh right. guns uh, okay. yeah i mean that's how i felt um, about this most recent scream i had to be like like i spent half the movie like trying to remember what happened in yeah. that fifth movie and that was only like it's a happening year ago. a lot yeah <laughs> you could look at ant-man too like wait what happened <laughs> i mean you were more like that but um yeah anyway so the uh shazamly you know where you have like zachary levi shazam uh at the end of that last movie, his foster family, his foster siblings, they got powers as well. He gave them powers. So now they can say the word Shazam and turn into like adult versions of themselves. And so over the last couple of years, they've been like fighting crime and trying to like stay together as, as a family, essentially. They've been exploring that Rock of Eternity location, which is like their lair. But, uh, you know, Shazam's having some issues. He's feeling a little bit like, you know, he's dealing with abandonment. He's feeling like his family's going to leave him and he's starting to get a little distressed about growing up and actually like turning 18 soon and aging out of the foster system. And the last movie was sort of about him resisting like any sort of found family. And this movie is, I think, actually kind of uh, nicely written in the way of like, well, now it's more about like he's scared of losing the thing that he got in the last movie, which feels like a nice like progression. It feels like a nice like place to go. Uh, in terms of the villains in this movie, we now have the daughters of Atlas. So kind of related to Shazam, we're kind of going into like the Greek gods sort of thing here, where these people who are, they're mad at the Shazamli for having these powers because these powers belong to the Greek gods. And uh, these uh, women are played by Helen Mirren and Lucy Liu, who steal a staff. And they have really a horrific opening sequence, kind of, you know, rivaling the last movie where I remember when like Savannah unleashed like the seven deadly sins against like these random people in a boardroom. I don't even remember the context. I think it was his dad and his company or something. Yeah, it was like and the best scene in that movie. It was gruesome. It was it was so good. Uh, this movie kind of has something like rivaling that. Not as good, but definitely like, you know, creepy and horror movie inspired. And so, yeah, it's just uh, the Shazamly versus these Greek gods. Also, you know, you have Freddy who has like a little bit of a meet cute with Rachel Ziegler's character uh, who might have some secrets of her own. And uh, fun to see her coming back after West Side Story. Uh, but yeah, I, I'll say real quick. Well, you know, like, I, I liked this movie. I, I, I thought it was fun. I, I, I certainly have criticisms of it. I think it's pretty weak compared to the first one. And I think it, it's a better movie on paper in terms of like what it's trying to do. I appreciate that it's a little bit more humble. It's a little bit more like than other superhero movies. It's not going super big with everything. It's kind of just keeping things kind of contained to like Philadelphia. And they never like stretch the stakes out like in a way that's uh, a little bit, you know, outside of its scope. I guess. And so I, I was definitely never bored during this. I was definitely like with it. I, I certainly am not like enchanted by it. I'm certainly not like, wow, you know, got to see it again. But I thought it was fine. Uh, fine in a very pleasant way. Uh, but what did, what did you think of Shazam? Fury of the Gods. Tell us about your Fury. Um, I I think I'm closer to you than you might expect. I I guess I'm not as positive on it, but I I guess because I was told going into it from reviews and different people that like it was not only inferior to the first movie, but like a big step down. Like I, there are at least two people on my 
letterbox timeline who called it one of the worst movies they've ever seen so i was going into this like okay is this like a train wreck and it's not really it's it's okay i think like it's definitely uh weaker than the first one it, it feels a little bit sloppier a little bit looser i i think the stepping stones are there for a solid sequel i just don't think it's written as well as that first movie uh, so it just feels a little bit patched together. The pacing of it's not great. Um, it doesn't help that it seems like because of COVID restrictions, they had to green screen it more. And it doesn't feel like the actors are as present with each other as they were with the previous film. Um, and we've already kind of mentioned the Zachary Levi problem where it just doesn't seem like he's totally simpatico with his uh, young child actor, former child actor, I should say, a surrogate. So it doesn't really feel like an organic performance that way. Um, but I mean, I think the main issues that are with this movie are actually kind of a charming sort of issues you can have. Like we've seen so many superhero movies where the big flaw is that the sequel seem like they're setting up seven different things for future installment. And it's just like, I don't really care about that stuff. I'll worry about that in 2025. I want to just watch a nice superhero movie. This is kind of the opposite where that first movie is so self-contained. They kind of did everything they needed to do because it felt like they didn't expect it to do as well as it did or didn't expect to have a sequel so like it is just a very well-rounded simple story it's very compact like there's not a lot of like loose ends with that first movie um and with this one it's kind of like they're kind of in that classic like 80s 90s sequel issue where it's like well what do we do and they have like an interesting idea for it but doesn't feel as fully fleshed out i think again like coming comes down to the screen play but it feels more charming to me uh, because like, I think I was digging it for the first 30 or so minutes because it does feel very kind of quaint by superhero standards. It has that child like Lee for it. It has like you know, the stuff that makes me feel genuinely nostalgic for this genre in a way that like, it feels like it's returning to that kind of boyish mentality that has been kind of lost, especially with the DC yeah. movies of late. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's not. I don't think it's as bad as people are making it out to be. It's a little busy. It's it's also just not really focused enough. And it's ultimately fairly forgettable, especially compared to the first one. But yeah, it's, it's more of like a shoulder shrug than like me going, wagging my finger being like, this is a bad movie. It's just like, yeah, it's okay. Didn't really come together, but I didn't have a bad time watching it. I'm, gl- I'm glad you mentioned that about, you know, kind of it's like boyish superhero charm, because I think... I think that gets to why I would give this movie a pass over Ant-Man Quantumania because, you know, it's rival, I guess, the box office, although that, you know, Ant-Man's in what, it's fifth week. Honestly, with Quantumania, it's just that movie just felt like such a departure and such a forced departure away from what's good about what, like what can be good about a superhero movie. It's like trying so hard to just be wacky and weird, whereas this movie is allowing itself to be a little bit more, you know, rooted in the basics you know the basics of like what's fun about being super a superhero you know having that wish fulfillment and i like that you know the last movie shazam was sort of about how this kid you know realizes the responsibility of having to you know use his powers to actually do good things for people to be a hero whatever and in this movie it's sort of about more the almost the bureaucracy of that like how challenging it can be but i like that they left room there for like how the townspeople like react to them and you know how the news covers them it's not going for the spider-man thing there's no J. jonah jameson but you know they're called the philly fiascos there there is sort of like a, a pressure a, a, an energy to the the effects that their superhero antics are having on their community and that was kind of cool it was like not something we really see that much of in superhero movies which is weird uh, we just usually see 
Yeah. Are you forgetting about a little 2008 movie called Hancock? <laughs> it's. I would say it's a little bit more like like has more of a flow than Hancock in that way, right? Because at least because in Hancock you just have like those people on the radio, sure. which is funny, but it's you know yeah it's a mean, little bit different. That's a that to me like I really wish they could have figured that out because that, that could have been such a great movie and it was not. <laughs> I mean, the first third is almost kind of great. Oh and yeah, that, that's just, the beginning. The first act is great. They just but then lost it just. It. Yeah, it's like, well, now we have to Charlize Theron as this thing. And then, I don't know, uh, Angels? I, whatever. But uh, yeah, I, I think this movie, yeah, it's like, uh, yeah, I shrugged at parts of it. But yeah, I just, I, I came out of the movie being like, you know, I, maybe it was my expectations because I also had heard that this movie was, you know, even before like my, I, I wasn't able to catch my screening of it. Um, but even before my screening, I remember like the first wave of critics were like, stay away. Like, you know, don't you go on a date with that Shazam? You know, he's no good. Like he's going to break your heart. And I'm like, wow, okay. Uh, that's strange. But then I did see some people who were like, no, no, this is cool. Like I haven't seen people be over the moon for it, but I've seen people be like, this is fine. This is like a decent sequel to the last one. So I was like, well, I don't know what to think. So I was like, I'll watch it myself. And sure enough, I, I fell on the side of, yeah, it's like a decent sequel to the first one. It's not, you know, offensively bad. I mean, there, there are things in it that are kind of like, wow, that's dumb, but you know, like, I don't know, not, not in a, a super annoying way, I guess. There were things I really liked. I really like uh, Steve, the pen, Steve, the pen is my buddy. He's my chat. GPT oh yeah. That was a fun little character. Problematic yeah. Fave. yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Problematic. That's some cool stuff like that. Yeah, because he's like chat GPT. Oh, I see. Okay. No, yeah. Taking our jobs. I just wanted to let that sit, that marinate for a second. Oh, boy. So, yeah. And and I do want to reiterate that I really like uh, Jack Dylan Grazer. He's just so good in this. He he was so good in the last one. I don't think I appreciated him enough in that last one. And, like, he just has so much energy. He just, like, ah, man, he understands the assignment ETC. I, I think that one thing that does let me down a bit is that they really do sort of, like, push those other characters into the background. You know, you barely see them, especially you, you barely see like the like the kid versions of them. Like you hardly ever see like you mostly see Ross Butler if you do, but he doesn't have much of a character in this. Uh, the kid version, I think we only see like once or twice. And uh, I will agree with people that I, that the product placement toward the end is pretty lame. But I mean, it's not like I don't know. I saw some people just being like, "This is the death of cinema," and I'm just like, "It's it's Skittles. Like you'll be fine." Yeah. Like, I mean, it it, I think it's more knowing than some of the critics have given it credit, but it is kind of grading at the same time. I think it's only grading because it like they repeat it once. But I I saw some people just be like, "They they 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 it takes the entire third act hostage." I was like, "No, it's like two moments yeah I like, agree. It's it wasn't fine. you can just breeze past it yeah, like, see, yeah. it's, it's not that big of a detriment to the film at that point people are acting like it literally ends with you know like oh i can't say because of spoilers but like well we need to use skittles hmm. to stop the yeah yeah um, and it didn't work i didn't i wasn't craving skittles after so you know oh, I, I don't know i was kind of in the mood for skittles after uh i haven't had no, skittles glad- in a while yeah <laughs> well it worked for you then I mean, that's how marketing is i guess sure you'd know so you don't like zachary levi in this role as much no, I mean, I don't know. It just it just feels very mugging. It just feels very forced to me. Uh, I mean, I think the last movie felt more genuinely charming. Like the scene in the first movie when they go to like that convenience store and those robbers come and they find out that he's like bulletproof and stuff like that. Scene re- he works really well in the, and stuff like that. But it just feels like this one. I don't know. It it, it just seemed like he kind of got too much leverage to play it up and be hammy and i don't know it just seemed like it was too much of him and not enough 
of uh, Asher Angel to justify that. Yeah, he um, seems to be channeling a little bit of like almost this like um, Dick Van Dyke or Jimmy Stewart sort of like hapless, like I'm in charge, but I don't know what I'm doing. And just like, oh, why are you doing that? Uh, get over here. Like it's, it's a no, little no. bit wacky. Yeah. And I guess that's what you mean by dialed up, which it could work, but like the dialogue isn't good enough to support that. I don't think he is like a good enough physical actor. Like he has the expressions, you know, like he's able to deliver the dialogue, but I don't know. It, it's just not a complete performance. I think that like he has trouble like dominating, like you can tell he's trying to dominate every scene that he's in. He's trying to like really stand over it. But like a lot of the time, he's just kind of like stiff, and like you see a lot of the other, like you see Ross Butler, you see um, who else? Uh, Grace uh, Caroline, I think, is Grace Caroline Curry plays the uh, the oldest of the of the foster kids, and uh, DJ Katrona, who has I think three lines, uh, Megan Good, as we talked about, and uh, Adam Brody, who's hardly ever in the movie, and I agree with you, it's very strange, like he doesn't get a lot and the little that he does get like there's a scene where they're like trying to save a bridge that is one of my favorite scenes in the movie because you do actually get to see them interact as like the adult characters and yeah. have fun and like i think you that's get to actually, see their advantages yeah i think that's the highlight of the movie to be honest i wish more of the movie had that you know and there's like a scene where they're trying because because then later on like you hardly ever see all of them together with powers if ever and when they do have you know those moments like one or two of them will be kids and they're just doing nothing and it, i don't know it just, it's a little bit of a weird mechanic um but i do want to praise uh it, in no small way um the villains here i, I think that like I, I saw some people be like well you know what they don't look as imposing i think lucy lou is terrifying i think helen mirren is you know, like, I think that she's an interesting villain because they're, she's not super evil or anything. Like, I, there was something kind of interesting about, like, how she doesn't care about humans because they're just disposable. But she's also not just maniacal, I guess. And uh, I think that they, they're, they're – I think it's it's a, an interesting thing to do for villains. I, th I think that, you know, it could have been better, I guess, <laughs> I think, like, toward the end, um, the way that everything happens. I, I, was, I was a little bit like, mm, okay. I, I wasn't that into it, I guess. But you were to say? For me, the big highlight is uh, Rachel Ziegler, who I thought... See, I, yeah, I wasn't sure if I should give that away, that she kind of is supposed to be a quasi-villain. I mean, it's it's, it is in the, the trailer. It's yes. not like... Yeah. When you watch the movie, it's like, if you saw any sort of marketing, like, mm. you know, like, yeah. she's... Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I mean, I just thought she was really strong. I mean, she's really becoming a great young actress, and I'm excited to see where she's going to go. Um, I thought she brought like a lot of naturalism and uh, charm to that performance and that character. And I thought she worked really well with um, Zach Dylan Glazer, who uh, Jack I agree Dylan Glazer. Sorry, they Glazer, have yeah. actual chemistry. I yeah, saw yeah. some people kind of looking at this and being like, "How? That's ridiculous! Like, what? What? How?" I'm like, "He's hilarious!" Like, people are like, "Oh, what? What yeah, is she seeing him?" It's like he's funny and he's nice and he like knows how to talk and knows how to sort of like. Like you, uh, there actually are moments that, like, I think that it's, it's a bit of a meet cute at first. It, obviously, she has an agenda when she meets him, but I think she actually, like, you see early on that he manages to kind of like penetrate the, her defenses. Her, sorry, that's a poor choice of words there, isn't it? But no, like, he's able to sort of get, you know, get to know her a bit. He's not just like slobbering all over her. And I think that's just like, 
just well-written, you know, romance. It's just like, you know, he's able to talk to her and like, they're able to connect over stuff they have in common. And you see, there's like some genuine affection there. Uh, like, you also see that he doesn't just slobber over like her looks. He's actually seems to be like interested in her, like, like talking to her, like finds her interesting, you know, beyond the fact that she looks like Rachel Ziegler. Right. Uh, I think you should re, uh, reorganize your, <laughs> vocabulary there for these <laughs> high school age uh lovers but um we'll, we'll, we'll say of course that uh you know both actors are you know not uh not, nevertheless not young, but. um i i guess i was less keen on helen mir in the film i thought she seemed kind of sleepy like she's you know giving a professional performance but she's the boss she just didn't really seem like she was like super into it i thought lucy lou was fine i didn't really find her that terrifying to be honest but um yeah i mean i thought she did i found that power she has terrifying where she just like convinces people to like you know yeah I mean, it's interesting. Like, controls them i mean that, that's the thing that i found kind of scary about her but I, I get what you're saying i mean it's not the best it's not like they're that imposing but like i didn't i do like that they aren't that imposing yeah that's the thing that i find kind of interesting i guess yeah i mean i did like their opening scene because it had kind of like a I don't know if it's like Power Rangers kind of vibe. Like it had like some sort of like Saturday morning energy, like like a cartoon. I don't. You know what I'm talking about? Like it that. Does, like it does. You're right because it does kind of look like they're wearing something that doesn't fit them. <laughs> you know, yeah, like know. outfits that don't fit but them. It's like and it's like fun. No, just like it. It felt like yeah, enjoyably yeah. kind of goofy and like like they're like clearly the bad guys, but like they have like these kind of dorky outfits and they're kind of speaking in this like leaden language and all this stuff and i don't know like i did find that opening scene genuinely kind of charming in that respect that's fair and uh, yeah I, I want to reiterate that i think that rachel zegler is uh quite good you know i think she's a good actress i thought she was good in west side story i think she just keeps getting saddled with movies that aren't that great um i, I liked west side story i liked this movie but i think that zegler could be in something like truly like phenomenal um she kind of has i think the issue where like she is like she not an issue but like i think that like she is extremely gorgeous uh and she is somebody who i think is going to be like relegated to roles that are sort of like you know all about her looks instead of like who she is as a person i like that this movie kind of gets past that pretty early on it's just like you know like it, it is more about like her conflict with her sisters and all that but you know, uh, I hope I hope this movie doesn't, you know, create some like detriments for her and Grazer because I think that they're still pretty young actors. And I just hope people recognize that they're good, you know, and that they keep getting work. Um, and I would say that like, Jamin Hansu uh, comes back. I wasn't expecting to see him because I, I do remember like he, oh, yeah, he's he's dead in the last one. And then this one, they explain what happened. But I, I was like happy to see him. I think he's a great, you know, yeah. part of the cast. And he's funny in this one. Like he has some good comedic lines. He has some fun. Uh, he has a line about unicorns that genuinely got a good laugh out of me. <laughs> I do like the unicorns in this. Uh, I think I, th I do like the, the mythology around that, but all right. Um, it's okay. I mean, I, I think we're, we're not super far off on this. Uh, yeah, sure. It's a little sad. I mean, I, I, you know, there's like a couple, like there's a mid credit scene and an end credit scene. And I was kind of like, why would they keep these when it just doesn't seem like, more movies are going to happen or I mean, I mean that's a thing we don't know like we don't know if that's the case really the one seems to be directly parroting the end credit scene of the last one acknowledging yeah, that, that, that like probably nothing's gonna happen with this so i was okay with that <laughs> like okay that's um, fair i didn't i didn't get that impression that nothing will happen it was more of like oh it's not gonna happen yet but that would be a funnier way to do it it's just like yeah i just never <laughs> okay yeah I, don't, I mean the vibe i got was just a like 
yeah, we're probably never going to do anything with this. Let's just kind of acknowledge it in like a goofy, fun way. But I don't know. I mean, for all I know, they, they were actually planning to do something with that in the third movie. That's probably never going to happen. Um, we should say Sandberg has said, like, I'm done with Shazam. <laughs> so if if it does continue, then I don't. it's going to be with a different director, it looks like. I mean, did he say that like before the box office was coming in or was like, did he just kind of see the writing on the wall or what's going on there? I think he said it like over the weekend, like after the, uh, yeah, like that first wave of like bad box office and the reviews weren't great. So real quick, I will say this movie, uh, they, they kind of set up in the previous one, but like has maybe the laziest, this character is gay reveal I've ever seen in the film. (laughs) Maybe not ever, but like, it's very just sort of like half-assed, just kind of like, yeah, this character is gay, but like, we don't really have time to develop that. So here we go. Yeah, that's kind of what I meant. It's like, it just feels like they're so in the background of these movies. It's it's very odd. Very tossed off, like just kind of like, yeah, that's happening. So I found I found the tweet that Sandberg said he tweeted this on Monday. So it was just a couple of days ago. Um, but he said, uh, and, and I won't say the first part because it, it would give away the Rotten Tomatoes game, you know. Um, but he says, I, I wasn't expecting a repeat of the first movie critically, but I was still a little surprised because I think it's a good film. Oh, well. As I've been saying for a while now, I'm very eager to go back to horror as well as trying some new things. After six years of Shazam, I'm definitely done with superheroes for now. Just to be clear, I don't regret even for a second making the Shazam movies. I've learned so much and gotten to work with some truly amazing people. will forever be grateful that I got to direct two of these. They've been very challenging but valuable experiences. One thing I've really been looking forward to is disconnecting from the superhero discourse online. A lot of that stresses me out so much, and it'll be nice not having to think about that anymore. Good for him, man. I, I really like, I hope he's, you know, able to enjoy his break from, from all this craziness because sure. yeah, I, I don't blame him for wanting to disconnect at all. Yeah. I mean, I, I can't say I'm like the biggest fan of his works, but he seems like a real cool guy. And yeah. I, I think for what I, I don't know if it's been confirmed or I just kind of heard this offhand, but I think he is on the spectrum. So it is kind of interesting to see like a director of that, you know, note working in today's system, Uh, you know, cool. Yeah. I should have uh, said, I, there's a, there's a comedian who's on the spectrum and he, he kind of like tells jokes about that. And I think it's really funny because he, he kind of talks about that. Um, and I think, uh, it's kind of similar to Sandberg. Sandberg has, um, he's diagnosed with, uh, atypical autism. Oh, okay. And yeah, yeah. Which, you know, it, it's one of those things where people hear the word and they think that it's, it, they kind of like their mind goes to something very specific, but there are a lot of people with atypical autism and uh, there there are comedians who who have it and they talk about it. i think it's kind of interesting um how they sort of like navigate their careers in a way and then avoid i think sort of like the prejudice that they could face uh over that kind of thing um so anyway uh interesting to point out who are you talking about nathan fielder <laughs> not nathan fielder no. <laughs> um i actually don't know the comedian's name i've, I've come across his work a couple times and like he, just some of his stuff i've seen like shared on socials but um He's quite good. Uh, uh, once I, if I see him again, I'll try to get the name and uh, cool. maybe I'll share with you. So I think he's quite funny. Cool. Uh, did you think right, it was well, weird that, I mean, this is very close to the end of what I was going to say. Uh, did you yeah. think it was weird that Grace, uh, who, who I forget the actress, the, 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 per, the woman that played Mary. Did you think it was weird yeah. that she just kind of transitioned into her normal self whenever she shazammed? Um, I think it's weird just in the sense that like, why? Like she's, I guess she just doesn't age dramatically like is that supposed to be them when they're 35 or 40 and that's what she's going to look like when she's 35 or 40 and i don't i don't know to me i guess it, it kind of makes sense because she already looks so much like an adult i, mean, I, I think guess she's like, just well into her 20s to the actress i think 
I'm sure. And and, and she the character, the character is supposed to be like 20 or 21, right? Or she's uh, 21 confirmed because there's like a whole thing where she goes to the eye doctor, right? Um, well, I don't think it's confirmed that she's 21, but uh, she she does. Uh, yeah, she enjoys her visit to the eye doctor. Yes. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I, I think we could read read that into it. But who knows? Who knows? Um, the, the the whole thing too. I, I I we didn't mention them, but I love the parents. I think the parents are a lot of fun. Yeah, they're barely um, in this it, one though. I felt like they were. I I thought they were more in it than the last one. No, I think they're in it less than the last one. But I could be wrong. I don't remember them much in the last one, but in this one, I liked that there was a little bit of like you know the whole thing of like how he's aging out and he feels like he's going to lose them and like there's more of like a. And I don't know. There's like a love there that I thought was kind of sweet, and I don't know. I, yeah, sure, I, but they're not the movie. We don't need more of them, I guess. Uh, do we? I don't know. I mean, for a movie that it's kind of an understandable problem given the circumstances they led into it, but for a movie that's ostensibly about that kind of foster family love, it seems like we don't really spend a lot of time with the foster family proper. So I mean that's fair. I, yeah, I, I guess I agree with that. Yeah, we don't have like a dinner scene, you know, where they're just like, "Oh, what do you guys do today?" You know, I think there's it, one towards the end, but that's like kind of uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's true. That's true. But I, I, yeah, it, it is. It does feel a little bit like sometimes these superhero movies they just don't feel like they take place in locations. You know, it just seems like they're always like in the ether. Characters are just standing and moving around. There's not yeah. a lot of like settings you know right. that's why that bridge i think is such a good scene because you yeah. do have a little bit more of interaction with the setting uh, which is cool yeah. um but yeah also uh i just saw that the movie was filmed in atlanta so yeah they, they didn't have a lot of the the philly you know i don't know if the last one was shot in philadelphia either but uh if it wasn't then they they certainly got away with it better i guess yeah um i don't know just yeah i just felt like the filliness of that first movie is a lot more present than this one where it's like anywhere USA. I'm definitely a bigger fan of Philadelphia than like Pittsburgh, let's say. Um, I'm joking. I've never been to Pittsburgh. You know this. Yeah. Um, but I have been to Philly. I've been to a bunch of places in Pennsylvania. Sure. Uh, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh is harder because Pittsburgh is like on the other side of the state. Whenever I went to Pennsylvania, it's just like everything's on the right side that I went to. And so then mm. I'm like, where, why am I going to go all the way to... I'm not going to Ohio. Like, I don't, sure. Wait, what, what's left of Pennsylvania? I forget. Or I West. Don't know, uh, West Virginia. You've been to West Virginia. Yeah, but wait, is, I thought West Virginia was more like Southwest. Yeah, is, is I mean, I'm, like, I'm closer, I think, to the um, West Virginia than Ohio. Are you? Uh, it, what, so then what's what else is west of Like it's cl- It would be closer like, for me to get to West Virginia than the Philly. I'm going to look at a map of the United States. Anyway, I thought it was neat that Diedrich Bader is in the film. Uh, I don't because like I wanted him to be like a character and then what they do with him made me pretty upset. Yeah, I thought that was a pretty dark, like a genuinely kind of dark turn (laughs) that the movie I don't think really earns or validates. Seriously. Um, Yeah. It is Ohio. Ohio is west of Pennsylvania. West Virginia is like kind of west because it has like a little bit of sliver of land that goes up the state. But if you really look at it, it's like south, like firmly southwest. But I think we were both right. It's just, you know, I'm just the Virginia kid, you know, near Mr. Mr. Pitts. Yeah. South by Southwest. It's happening right now. (laughs) Hey, hey, how about that? Um, I haven't been keeping up with South by, but... uh, with the exception of uh, Dungeons and Dragons and all that, which I did see. And, uh, you know, we'll be talking about on the show at some point. Because um, I think it comes out 31st. My review comes out today. But uh, anyway. Yeah. That nerd stuff I have to look forward to. 
yeah i can't wait for you to watch the movie and tell me why it's your favorite of 2023 anyway have you seen the uh the jeremy irons one no the the trilogy i never watched because there's the first one right in 2000 and then were the other two just like direct to dvd i didn't even know there were two others yeah there's this there are two sequels but they didn't go to theaters okay i only knew about that tom hanks one and then the jeremy irons one and now this one the end sure uh chris pine yeah speaking of dc movies and uh uh, greek gods falling in love with people way younger than them um (laughs) anyway uh (laughs) rotten tomatoes game yeah rotten tomatoes game shazam fury of the gods let's see we have 195 reviews counted Uh, i haven't written a review because i saw it kind of late i kind of want to write a review because i liked it and i'd like to add my review to the mix but we'll see what happens um shazam what do you think the critic score is well um i don't know if it's rotten but certainly lower than the previous one um uh, I'm going to say 58%. It is lower than that. But do oh. you think that it's in the 40s? Or do you think it's lower but still in the 50s? It's like 53%. I mean, that's not the question I asked technically. But uh, no, it's not 53%. It is lower. Uh, the last movie was 90% Oof. Oh, okay. on Rotten Tomatoes. Yeah, yeah. This movie was 51 Yeah, that's quite a steep uh, drop. That's a big drop big drop and I, I think we covered this but i think that it has more to do with the attitudes and like where people where critics are at with superhero movies more so than i think the movie itself honestly but yeah i mean uh, i don't know maybe because i wasn't as high on the, the first film as other people were like i think these are pretty comparable like i like the first one certainly more than yeah. this one but i don't think it's like that it, it doesn't deserve that steep of a, a difference critically i agree yeah, I totally agree. All right, uh, audience score. We have a thousand plus verified ratings, and we are doing this like well after the movie came out. So uh, we have a pretty good idea of what the audience score is. What do you think? Um, I imagine they're going to be kinder to the film, maybe not uh, overwhelmingly so. But knowing DC's online uh, fan base, uh, I'm going to guess it's like something like eighty four percent. It is not eighty four percent. You're three off. Okay. So do you think that it's 81% or 87%? I'm going to say 87%. Good job. It's 87%. And the thing that I left out when I read that David Sandberg tweet, uh, he said that this is his lowest critical score ever, but also his highest audience score ever. And that's kind of why he's a little bit confused. <laughs> he's like, oh, well, okay. Um, but yeah, sure enough. I mean, the last Shazam, it had an 82% audience score. So it is kind of interesting um, how things have shaken out. And I do think that has a lot to do with like people, audiences don't know a lot about the DC drama. They don't, you know, they're, they're not keeping up with that stuff. They're just, they just like the first Shazam and they came to see the other one. They're like, yeah, this one was good too. Sure. Yeah. Um, they were like more Chuck. Yeah. Can't wait for the next <laughs> more one. What's Chuck, the third one coming out? More thumbs. Yeah. yeah. Who's, who's in Zachary Levi's DMs being like, Hey, I liked the movie. Uh, when's Shazam three coming out? <laughs> oh, uh, I don't uh, okay. know. I, I feel like Zachary Levi also has kind of seen that the writing is on the wall. That's why he's like trying to like win his way into, I guess, like conservative films of late. Just yeah, like, he's yeah. kind of he's kind of pivoted a bit. I think a lot of that is manufactured. I think yeah. a lot of that, like, he's always been more of a Republican kind of dude. But he's you know he's like Hollywood Republican. Yeah, like, you know Robert Downey Jr. You know, like there's a lot of guys like that. Uh, I, think I think it's a little bit more right leaning than that, but um, maybe. I, but yeah. I think he's. I think he's leaning more into sort of like showing that off so that he can get yeah. more attention, more, you know, people I mean, should know. A lot of that stuff is manufactured. Yeah. I mean, it just seems like the movies he's doing outside of Shazam right now are just kind of like your typical 
conservative fodder, like religious yeah, stuff. He's probably going to be on like a Daily Wire movie or something with Gina Carano. Who cares? Uh, I don't know if he'll go that far, but I, it just seems like he's kind of. I, I doing, think he's headed in that direction. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it just seems like he's kind of cursed to be like, uh, you know, he, he fits perfectly for a sitcom. Like, it's very easy to see why he was cast to lead a Chuck. But I don't know if yeah, he Yeah, he has, was like, in Marvelous Mrs. Maisel. He was good in that. I mean, I mean, I think the TV has always been his bread and butter, but I yeah. think Shazam kind of gave him a taste of like the big screen. Right. That's know? what I mean. So it just seems like he's trying to kind of make his way, you know, as a movie star. And it just Making probably not way downtown. Be, yeah. Faces past. Mm-hmm. Homework bound. Yeah. Yeah. Cinema score. What do you think? Uh, C plus. No, 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 no. Much higher. Will B plus. C plus. Okay. C plus. We just we just saw that it's like the highest audience score. Why'd you go C plus? I don't know. I just I was trying to kind of split the difference between the critic and <laughs> okay. the audience score. I C plus. I should done. Yeah, I, was, I should. Uh, yeah, because C plus is pretty low for for cinema score. I should have said like B or something. Oh well. Well, who cares? Who cares? It's all numbers and games and letters and such. Uh, yeah, B plus. Uh, which uh, I think the last one I'll look up right here was higher. Yeah, the last one was an A. I was gonna say I thought so, the first one had like an A or something like that. Yeah. 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 So it is different. Um, it it is weird how like that stuff interacts with like the scores. But yeah. You know. All right, and then on Letterbox we'll finish it out. Forty two thousand watches. Uh, not a lot for a superhero movie. Almost yeah. a week after release. Wow. People, um, but okay. uh, I mean, my screening was pretty light. I mean, I saw it during the day on a weekday, but it just seemed like people weren't weren't giving yeah, a was, dang or a heck about this movie. There was like four people in my theater and half of them left like before <laughs> the movie ended. So like literally like there there's a scene toward the end of the movie where like things are still kind of moving around. Like, you know, you still have like 15 minutes left before the credits roll and they just left. They were just like enough. You know, they said Shazam and then they disappeared. Mm. Um, but okay. I saw it with like what appeared to be a like decently sized family behind me. And I don't know. The little girl seemed to be enjoying it. It was kind of cute. Oh, nice. All right. So uh, Letterboxd, 42,000 watches. What do you think the average rating is? Uh, three point. Or no, no, no. Sorry. 2.8. You should have kept with uh, your first. No. 3.0. 3.0. Okay. No, not that bad. And, and I, I'm surely seeing like lots of like the people that I follow. I'm seeing lots of twos, two and a half, but I'm seeing plenty of threes. Um, I think a lot of people are giving it a three uh, who are just sort of like, okay, it's not that bad. Uh, but of course, you know, some friends of the show are like, yeah, one and a half, you know, stuff like that. So what are you going to do? Uh, I don't know. That'll what do it gonna, for what us. What are you going to do? Yeah, that's it. Um, we'll be back uh, next week to talk about John Wick chapter four and, uh, maybe a good person. I don't know if you're going to watch a good person. Oh, sure. Yeah. I think it's interesting. I think it's one of those movies that like, I probably like more than most people will because I like kind of maudlin indie dramedies like that. But I think some people will find it a little exhausting, but eh, we'll see. Also, if you are are interested, my interview with Zach Braff is now live uh, on the Cinemaholics feed and on inbetweendrafts.com where you can read the whole thing. Wow. Check that out. What a time to be alive. What a time to be a good person. Mm. And uh, good people read interviews, right? Sure. I guess. All right. We'll see you all later. From the internet, California, I'm John Negroni. And from the internet, Pennsylvania, I'm Wash. See you next time.